Welcome to Humans of Twitter, a podcast where we discover the stories behind the people behind the Twitter accounts. People that are interesting, opinionated and surprising. I'm your host, Steve Malk, and today I'm speaking with someone who describes themselves as former newsreader at Today FM, joined 1997, left 2015. Humans of Twitter is their stories in their words in a little more than 140 characters. Please welcome today's addition to the Humans of Twitter list, Jeff Field. Thanks, Steve. It's a pleasure to be here. Is that really what is on my Twitter account? Started yes. at Today FM in 1997 and left in September 2015. That's what it says. Okay. I, I forget doing that. It's, it's one of those <laughs> things, and I find it really interesting when we talk to people who have Twitter accounts, um, what their bio says, some people labour over the content, mm. and some people are like, oh, I just put, it's this. You know, or yep. like it's a really throwaway kind of thing. Do you find it hard to define who you are in a short amount of characters? Oh, yeah. I'm, I'm a complicated person, Steve. <laughs> <laughs> I think before I... Uh, I can't actually remember writing that, but it must have been just after I was uh, retrenched. Mm. Uh, but I, uh, I think I used to have... Uh, uh, Today FM newsreader and uh, advocate for marriage equality and also an ambassador for miracle babies. So there was a bit more there. Sure. So, yeah, I'm not that you, shallow. It? Yeah, it's all still me, yeah, except for the news reading part. Oh, but who knows what lay ahead. That's trip. right. The world is my oyster. <laughs> so in social settings, now or before, how do you introduce yourself? Um, because I was uh, pretty much, you could say, shot to uh, public consciousness here in Sydney when I was on the Kyle and Jackie O show. Mm. I usually don't have to introduce myself, as Jason, (laughs) my partner here, would tell you. Um, I was part of their TV ads. I was on billboards. Uh, I was on, you know, breakfast radio for all those years, so people tended to come up and say, hi, Jeff. So I was lucky. I would just say hello. And I'm hopeless with names. Yes. So, uh, you know, it was... uh, does that answer the question? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Steve, I, I know your name. That's because the, the sign around my yes, neck thanks, is Steve. paying off. <laughs> it, that's a really um, rare position to be in, in, in the yes. context of what you were talking about with Colin Jackie O. Yes. And, and being a part of the promo machine for the show, because uh, normally the newsreader is someone who comes on every mm. half hour, does a great job, fills us in on what's happening, headlines and those sorts of things, and that's their job. Normally, yes, but um, when we first discussed the whole concept of the Kyle and Jackie O show nationally Mm. back in 2003, uh, Jackie actually said to me that she wanted me to be part of the program and wanted me to be myself. Great. And uh, I thought, yeah, that's that's great. And uh, I'll never forget the first day that we were on air and uh, she... uh, said, oh, well, Lee and I did this and uh, uh, Kyle was talking about what him and Tamara did. And then uh, Jackie said, so what have you and Jason been up to? And I was just talking. And the next week in the Sun-Herald, it says, uh, Sydney's first openly gay newsreader, Jeff Field. And I thought, what the... (laughs) But because I had, you know, I didn't even think twice. Yes. Because Jason, you know, is my partner. And, of course, why wouldn't I talk about Jason? Absolutely. But then someone made a big deal of the fact that uh, I was the first openly gay newsreader on Sydney Radio. And at first I was like, oh, get over it. But then it's kind of like I embraced it. Mm. And I became known as the gay newsreader, which was, some people would say to me, some of my gay friends would say, isn't that a bit demeaning? I say, well, you know, it's it, it's it's good natured, and it gets the point across yep. that I'm a gay person, and I'm just like everyone else, just as boring as everyone else. Yep. 
Uh, in many ways, no, we, we, we talk about you know what we did on the weekend, and and they'd be off to some party, and I'd say, well, Jason and I sat home and watched Notting Hill and drank red wine. Um, Sounds like a great party. It was. It was an amazing party, Steve. But uh, so the whole gay newsreader thing, I think that took me to another level. Mm. Um, I've suddenly been invited to you know events and to march in the Mardi Gras and yep. all that sort of stuff. So, yeah, to go back to your original question, to be actually part of the show, I mean, there was hardly a break on that show where they didn't bring me in, where they didn't get me to ask questions to Rihanna, Lady Gaga, mm. Jermaine Jackson. Some, they're just some of the people I remember talking to. Um, and they got me to go out and do stunts, uh, had me out in the desert for a week to see if I could survive, <laughs> threw me off centre point tower, um, had me reading the news from a shark pool with uh, meat attached to my feet as I was lowered down reading the 8 o'clock news. And I also skydived once. Uh, as I jumped out of the plane, I was given a, uh, a sheet of uh, laminated paper to read yes. the weather. Wow. I think I swore on air. <laughs> I would be, that's for sure. More than once. It'd be... So does that answer your question, Steve? Yeah, look, it's, it's, you've lived five lives on radio. Yeah, I have. Yeah, I certainly have. Yes, I um, started in 1997 uh, initially as a producer, well, not a producer, as an editor for Andrew Denton, the Andrew mm. Denton show. But I was very quick... I love quick... that show. Yeah, that was great. I love that. But I, I was, it's funny, I was doing the Andrew Denton show in the morning and then uh, the news director said, oh, Jeff, can you read for Ronnie Sparks on Today FM? As if I was going to say no to that. <laughs> so uh, then I spent the next few years reading for Ronnie and Jason Soul. Then I went on to uh, the Drive Show with Jamie Angel, who's now content director at yes. Triple M. We did that and we did very well. Well, Jamie did well in the ratings. Um, and that's that. I worked on that till 2003, which is when uh, Jackie approached me to ask me to, mm-hmm. to work on their show and say la vie. rest is history. Yeah. It, wow. Just reflecting <laughs> on some of those names from a radio perspective. Yeah. Uh, I, I spent some time living on the Central Coast about the time that the Andrew Denton breakfast show was on air. Mm. So I have some very vivid and fond memories mm. of that period of Sydney radio. Uh, and as someone who would listen to it on the coast and, and even commuting down to Sydney often for work and... It's it was really interesting because I was friends with Wendy Harmer mm. and uh, also uh, I wasn't a close friend, but I obviously I worked with Andrew mm. uh, and it was funny because they were both in the same building and there was a bit of a ratings tussle between them. Mm. At one stage, Andrew beat Wendy and it was quite interesting being in that dynamic. Sure. Um, but at that time, you know, Today FM and Triple M pretty much ruled the uh, FM ratings in Sydney and it was an amazing time to to be in radio back before the internet before uh, YouTube uh, the only way you could hear new music was to listen to the radio so yeah. it was quite amazing it was before fragmentation and um, you know I can remember walking down through Bondi Junction and hearing the shops the music in the shops and it was all the one song they were yeah. all listening to, to today fm i think it was the spice girls <laughs> yes uh so but those days are long gone you know people have their ipods and listen to whatever they want to so it was a very special time to yeah. be in radio do you feel and, and you may not this is fine but do you feel any pressure 
to necessarily represent um, uh, you know, the gay community in Sydney or Australia because of the, the opportunity and exposure that you've had, prof- your profile? Yeah, great question, Steve. I don't feel pressure. I enjoy it. I think I'm very privileged in the fact that, you know, Jason and I uh, came to prominence in our 2005 wedding. We called it the illegal wedding. It was so great. Well, was we so great. <laughs> thank you. The reason we called it the illegal wedding is because we didn't want people listening to think that, oh, gay people can get married. Sure. The whole idea was to get across to the fact that it was an illegal wedding mm-hmm. and that Jason and I are very much in love and that we didn't have the right to be married. And, and Adam Boland from Sunrise... I remember him calling and asking if he could broadcast the the wedding. Of course, Adam. Um, And then it went live uh, around the Austereo network. And, you know, uh, as a result of that, uh, Lynn Allison, Senator Lynn Allison from the Greens, introduced the first bill uh, for a same-sex marriage, which, of course, back in those days, 2005, uh, didn't even make it to, Mm. you know, whatever the first reading in the Senate is. Because at that stage, I think there was... uh, mainstream opposition to to gay marriage, Mm. although things were starting to change. So I feel very privileged that that I've had uh, the honour of being involved in the marriage equality movement. And, uh, you know, if I'm invited to a function, I'm there. Um, And, you know, I I, I feel very lucky that I had that opportunity, that I have that opportunity, Steve. What, What does equality mean to you when you hear that word? Equality is simple. Um, the best way I could say it is, you know, you, to play devil's advocate, you get some people saying, oh, gay people, they you know, keep asking for so much, can't they just keep quiet? Well, my answer to that is we actually don't want anything more, but we don't want anything less. Mm. We just want the same. And I even get gay friends saying, oh, Jeff, why do you want to conform to what straight people are doing and get married? And my answer to that is, well, look, if you want to be single... Footloose and fancy free, cool. Yeah, but we should have the choice to get married, and that's exactly. Yeah. And that's I've been on message as a politician would say. <laughs> that is the big thing: is that while we are not given the choice yes. to show our love, which is what marriage is all about. Let's let's face yeah. it; it's it's about standing up there in front of your friends, family, and saying we are committed to each other. And while we don't have that opportunity mm. to do that, that makes us second-class citizens. So I will keep fighting, even though at the moment I'm not on radio, I will keep fighting until Mr Turnbull, or whoever the Prime Minister may be in six months' time, <laughs> decides that you know gay people should be equal in every respect. It's, it strikes me as such a ludicrous concept that it's 2015... And oh. we're in a position where we're a first world nation. We're a country that's very oh. lucky and has so much to offer. And yet it's simple things like this mm. that we uh, uh, people are still choosing to divide us on. You're missing something, Steve. Jason and I are a threat to society. Can't you see it? I, He's well, a very threatening man. That's what I could tell the minute I saw you both. <laughs> uh, I, that's to, to, to be serious, for, uh, we, we, we've just come back from London and, of course... Uh, Marriage equality has been happening there for over a year now. Mm. And let me tell you, listeners out there in Twitter land, (laughs) 
The planet is still spinning. <laughs> London has not decayed. Uh, everything is fine, and I'm told the same in Ireland. Mm. Uh, you know, again, uh, Ireland is fine. There haven't been floods, famine, or lightning strikes. Yeah. So don't fear anything. There's people. a few arcs being built, but nothing's going well, to pass. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you got me on that one. But look, you, you, let's just get it over and done with. And then I promise there'll be no more tweets from me about marriage equality. So I'm sure, because I do have a lot of followers on Facebook and Twitter, and they must get sick of seeing me tweeting about, come on, we just want equality. But see, here's the deal mm. if the politicians introduce legislation, I promise to shut up. <laughs> so, well, that's the flood, isn't it? The flood of tweets and, and calls for marriage equality. When it happens, the flood stops. Rainbow and, comes out. And people be wondering, what was all the fuss about? I mean, I'm not putting myself in the same category as the dreadful things that happened to black people. Mm. Um, but it's a similar thing. Um, in some ways, you know... Uh, people look back and think, my God, how did we allow that to happen? And I think a similar thing will happen in years mm. to come. Like, why did we allow that to happen? Yeah. And why was there such a song and dance about it? Yes. Um, well, it's history, humanity. Humanity. Uh, yeah, our modern history, we can look back just within the last 200 years and see moments where now things that we look and we think are preposterous, women owning land, owning property, that's Being shocking. able to vote. Terrible. Um, at, yeah. And even within the last 50 years, interracial relationships. Yes. In some parts of the first world were, were not even legal, let alone looked down upon. Absolutely. It, it, uh, it, yeah. I struggle. I struggle yeah. with it, Jeff. Yeah. As someone anyway, who, I'm optimistic. I yeah. think things will change. And, and, and the thing is, people... I remember saying to Jason, we were at uh, Athens Airport three years ago when the first vote went through Parliament mm. and we were sitting there in the airport lounge because the vote was just about to happen. We were online and we saw it didn't get through. Mm. Overwhelmingly, the politicians in Australia voted against marriage equality, including Miss Gillard, including Mr Rudd, who all changed their mind after the election. <laughs> um, what I'm saying is... We're sick of waiting. Can we just get it done, please? Yeah. Agreed. That's all I'm asking. 100% agreed. Jeff, given all of this public life that you have, where's the line between public and private for you? Well, Jason is my rock. Mm -hmm. he, uh, he, he has been amazing. Uh, it's hard to explain, but when you, when you are thrust... Into the into the limelight, which I was, particularly back in my days on Breakfast Radio. Yes. Uh, when you know when, when you're on TV, I was doing segments with Kerry Ann. Um, you know, there are often things in the newspaper. Um, you get invited to everything, and it's very tempting, very alluring mm. when you're on Breakfast Radio. Jason pulled me back from that because it did get out of hand at one stage. I was going to bed. You know, you'd go out to an opening night of something. It was eleven o'clock. And you have to, had to be up at three o'clock. Mm. I can remember doing one particular function uh, for Kylie Minogue's birthday at the Stonewall Hotel, where let's just say I might have had a one, one or two many uh, lemonades mm -hmm. and went to work the next day and regretted it. <laughs> and after that, I made a decision that no, uh, school nights, I don't go out yeah. unless, unless it's Kylie Minogue. 
uh, <laughs> unless it's Kylie Minogue in concert <laughs> or something really special. So you learn to what you learn to do is you pull back. Um, you're always gracious. Well, I, I'm always humbled when people come up to me on the street or, or if, if we're at a restaurant or something and come up and say hello to me because um, without them, you wouldn't have any wouldn't have that success in your mm. life. So I don't know if that answers your question. Um, we had a, we, we're very private actually. Jason and I are very private people. We love just being at home with our cat Moe. Um, and if you're a Twitter viewer, you would know Moe because you've seen many <laughs> pictures of Moe on Twitter. Um, but Jason and I, our favourite times are sitting at home with our cat, mm. watching television or having a lemonade on the balcony which, uh, again, and my Twitter followers know what lemonade means. Mm. Um, so, yeah, um, I we live a pretty private life, but it was a very full-on few years there for a while. Yeah. Yes, <laughs> is the answer. Yeah. Uh, it, it must... For some, you, you mentioned so you tend to keep to yourself quite often. Yeah. That, that must have been a bit confronting, those first few times oh, yeah. when... You know, the public details are coming out or people are assuming things about who you are or how things work. Yeah, Steve, um, you know, all my life I've been a newsreader and uh, a newsreader, it's pretty much we're, we're very, we're, we're, we hold on to our journalistic, you know, values mm. and the fact that, you know, we're not the stars of the show, um, we're the newsreaders. And I'm not saying I was the star of the show, far from it, but to be suddenly uh, given this profile and uh, to be on the show the whole way through the show and to be, you know, part of TV ads was quite, wow. It, it, it sort of hit me. Mm. Um, and I'm sure there were other journalists that thought I'd sold out. But, you know, that was just – that, that, that just happened. I didn't plan it that way. And in the end, looking back on it, it was a good thing because it gave me a platform to talk about marriage equality mm. and other things I care about too. You know, I'm passionate about politics and about lots of other things, conservation. Yeah. And so I got a platform that um, a lot of my peers never never had. And I notice now that uh, there are what, what you would call, I suppose, um, celebrity newsreaders um, – and that's good that newsreaders are being brought into to the the show or yeah. with, with the crew, but um, I suppose I was one of the first in that way, and um, and I I really um, really feel very privileged that I had that chance. There's a lot of work in newsreading on radio, isn't it? It's not just open up the telly and pick a couple of stories and off no. you go. No, the, it's funny because I was lucky um, as time went on with Kyle and Jackie O show. Uh, I did start out writing my own news mm. and editing, but obviously if I was on air from six till nine, um, I was virtually had to be in the studio the whole time. Yes. So I had someone writing the news for me. And um, even with that, you still had breaking news happening where you had to, you know, you had to change stuff, you had to rewrite stuff. Yeah. Um, and you want to be. You, you don't want to just be a talking head because, yeah, as I say, journalists, we, we have a certain pride in our work. Yeah. So even though I did have some wonderful help and wonderful backup at Today FM uh, from, the, from my colleagues there, um, you still had to be across everything. You had to pre-read everything. You had to check tapes. Yep. You had to check timing. You had to check content. And as I say, breaking news, you often had to write yourself. 
and uh, you also had to be prepared for certain hosts like Carl Sanderland, <laughs> who would uh, who would make comments during your news bulletins, and that at times was rather challenging, especially when he would criticise politicians or. Uh, you know the Lord Mayor, who who is actually a friend of mine, so that you had to sort of try and play it, play it very straight, so to speak. Yes. Which in my case was, actually, it was easy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> don't no, don't go there. That's all right. Uh, it, it, I, I'm, yeah, I'm just amazed at at uh, not only the stories you have, Jeff, but the the life that you've had because of that. It, mm. it, in working on radio and and news reading for as long as you have. You would have had to deliver some some pretty amazing and some pretty tough stories to thousands of listeners. Yeah, absolutely. I, I can still remember uh, the um, New York uh, Twin Towers, mm. the death of Princess Diana. These are some of the things that come to mind. The Sydney siege. Yeah. I um I got a phone call from. I just picked up the phone in the newsroom and Michael Pell. Mm who is a friend of mine who also is the uh, producer of Sunrise, said, Jeff, we're just being rushed out of the building. There's a, a, a gunman in the Lynn Cafe. I got him on tape, went to air with it, and I was on air for every 20 minutes right through the day yeah. doing that. So even though it's FM radio, it's funny. When a story of that magnitude happens, we suddenly switch into information news mode. Mm. Um so yeah, it's there are so many stories in in eighteen and a half years at the one radio station that I I can't even begin to list them all. Bushfires, floods, lots of big moments, leadership challenges, mm. yeah. and and not all sad ones. There are lots of really joyous. Oh, ones lots as of well. great stories too. You know, um, yeah, I can't think of any at the moment, but I'll, <laughs> I'll get back to you. Birth of a Kardashian baby or something? I'm oh, probably who? I don't know. Someone. <laughs> yeah. Mm. No comment. <laughs> what was school like for you, Jeff? Uh, school was actually... I, I enjoyed school. Um, funnily enough, I was... Uh, I could, this makes me sound like the stereotypical gay man. <laughs> I, um, I avoided PE. <laughs> I avoided sport. I always enjoyed English and I was a great debater. Mm. Oh, that sounds wrong, doesn't it? I, I mean, I, I enjoyed debating. Yes. I think I was pretty good at it. Um, but uh, uh, lots of friends at school, um, and they were all excited, you know, when at the age of 16, I started going up to the local radio station and I did a few dummy shifts on air. So, you know, back in those days, they they were all listening because it was Mm. the only thing, only thing they could do. There was no, uh, no internet, no nothing. Um, and, um, sorry, I've gone off track there. That's right. What was school like for you? Oh, yeah. School, yeah, so I enjoyed my school years, but however, I, I, I could have gone on and got my uh, higher school certificate, but I was offered the chance to uh, get into radio at the age of 16. So I left school on right. Friday and I started work on Monday. Wow. And I've never been out of a job since until recently. That's amazing. Yeah. So it's very strange to be uh, not working. For the first time in my life. What's it like as a 16-year-old fronting up for your first day at work at radio? Um, well, I've got to say that I think uh, I was a real pain because I hung around that radio station every weekend, every school holidays. I'd be there helping them you know, in the record library, mm. standing there watching them. I was fascinated by radio. Mm. 
it you know was in my blood you yeah. know and if i wasn't at the radio station my mother will tell you i was at home fiddling with the radio she would say jeff just keep it on that one radio station i'd be fiddling trying to pick up the sydney radio stations from nara putting the aerial up i'd even go up on the roof to hear <laughs> to hear my favorite radio stations so i was mm. obsessed so um in the end, I, I can remember, I will never forget this moment, uh, Peter Horton, the manager of 2ST in Narrow, I was 16 years old, mm. and he said, Jeff, how would you like to come and work for us? You've got a good voice. And wow. so I went home and, you know, mum, of course, wanted me to finish my schooling because I'd done the school certificate back mm. in those days. Mum wanted me to finish my schooling, but she was pragmatic mm. and she said, this is a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity. Wow. So I started work at 2ST on Monday, and right from from then uh, to a couple of weeks ago, I've never been out of radio. So I wouldn't I wouldn't know what to do without a microphone. <laughs> no, look, I'm sure we can arrange to get you on. <laughs> what can't you tolerate? I can't tolerate discrimination. Mm. I can't tolerate people that don't treat other people the way they would like to be treated Mm. and uh, I would say this to anyone listening you treat everyone from the the cleaner in your office to the CEO the same way with the same respect Um, you know sometimes I'll see someone really slaving away in the kitchen or something and you know people will ignore them and yet the the general manager will come in and everyone's like bowing down. And I just think that's wrong. I think we're all human beings. We're all fighting our own battles on this planet and we should all respect each other. Mm. So that's really important to me. And, um, you know, just fairness, fairness in the world. It, it might sound like I'm being a bit Oprah Winfrey here, but I I, <laughs> I really think you've got to be... You've just got to treat people well. You've got to be fair to people. And I, I do believe in karma. I think mm. what you put out there eventually comes back to you. And someone once said to me, who was having a rough time, she said, yeah, Jeff, I've read what you've said about karma, but gee, it takes a bloody long time. <laughs> I get that. But I think in the end, one way or another, people say, oh, but some really bad people live prosperous lives and they die an old man or an old woman. Mm. But I think I, I, I really do believe that we don't actually know what's going on in their lives. And that's different to revenge. Mm. So I think that um, I think ultimately if you're a good person, you try – None of us are perfect. We've all made mistakes. Yes. God, I've made made a lot of mistakes in my life. But if you try and be a decent person, I think that's the way to go. Yeah, absolutely. What's your favourite place to travel to? Greece. You love it? Love it. Jason and I discovered Greece three years ago. And we're very fortunate in the fact that, um, you know, for some people... uh, uh, I don't know, for some people going out to restaurants or, you know, whatever is, is the way they spend their money. We we love to travel. We make mm-hmm. sure we travel once or twice a year. We discovered Greece a few years ago, uh, Santorini, a little island. Yep. The people there are just beautiful. Uh, that's the, that's, you know, apart from the stunning scenery, you've all seen those pictures of Santorini, the blue dome churches, the crystal clear water. Yeah. But the people there, 
they're, they're doing it tough, but they're the most beautiful people. And that's one of the reasons we go back there every year. We've just come back from Greece. Mm. So that's my favourite place. How is your Greek? Do you speak much? Um, Jason, actually, can I throw it at Jason sure. on this? What's my Greek line? No, he's not answering. Um, <laughs> is that a song? I actually, I, I actually said au revoir to, to our, <laughs> to our uh, porter. So that gives you an indication of... <laughs> Yeah, I'm, I'm not good at Greek. That is so great. <laughs> Sorry about that. Oh, it's marvelous. I've, I've never been to Greece. I've seen many, many pictures and some friends that have been to Santorini. Yeah. Uh, and I've seen a lot of the snaps, so yeah. I reflect and, and understand some of the attractions. Athens and Mykonos, everywhere we've been to in Greece has been sensational. Athens in a different way. It's a much more gritty uh, city, of course. Uh, it's not Santorini, but it has a heart. Mm. I can remember Jason and I, our first meal there, we went to down a little side street off the tourist track and we ate there. No one spoke any English mm. and we had, had this beautiful meal, masaka, mm. and some red wine and uh, we were about to order some dessert Yes, and uh, the lady just brought us out some dessert gratis and a limoncello and uh, yeah, as, as the yeah. Greek people are just beautiful people. And it's a pity what they're going through at the moment. Mm. But um, it's funny, isn't it? You you go to a place like Greece where the economy is is doing so badly and people are, are suffering. They're not getting you know they're not getting the, the the proper wages. But they are just so happy and so so grateful. It makes you think. Yeah, it sure does. What are you going to achieve in the next twelve months, Jeff? Well, you know, after spending all my life. And 18 and a half years at Today FM. I was hoping to make 20 years and get the gold watch. But um, I hear it's not as gold as it used to be. <laughs> no comment. But to be honest, uh, to be honest, I, um, I, am, I actually got a few. I'm very fortunate. I actually mm. already had a few job offers. Um, but I'm going to just sit back for the next few months. We're actually going to go and travel again. Excellent. Um, sit back and just... Think about what I want to do in the future. I've I've been offered uh, been offered the chance to write a book about my life, great, and about my time in commercial radio. And you know, a lot of people have said, "Oh, that'll be juicy," but I'm not going to go down that kiss yeah. and tell route. That's not me. Um, You've done enough yourself, Jeff. Well, you know, it'll be a page turner, but <laughs> but it won't be salacious, and I'm I, I'm not. The sort of person that's going to, you know, embarrass people. But I, I, I'm thinking about writing a book. Um, I'm, I, I think I probably will go back to radio, mm. although I've actually had um, an offer to do some TV work. So I don't know, but I'm just going to spend the next few few months and early in the new year, I'll really start getting serious about getting back into the workforce. But I'm lucky I've got the financial and emotional support to be mm. able to just take some time out for the first time yeah. in my life which is good yeah yeah that that is phenomenal and and that uh, the, those opportunities to just have that waiting moment i i'm so lucky uh, steve because i know a lot of people who uh who are made redundant um don't have the uh you know financial or you know emotional support that i have and it, i i can't imagine what it's like to be made redundant without that because I remember when I actually 
I remember that day a few weeks ago where when it happened, I was I felt like I'd been kicked in the guts. Mm. I was I was inconsolable. I was upset. And then Jason sat down and had a chat with me. Other friends of mine that work in the industry, others from Today FM, mm. people I respect. They said, Jeff, this is the greatest thing that, that, that could happen to you. You know, this is could be a whole new opportunity for you. The old saying, when one door closes, another opens. And I've come to actually realize that I'm so lucky. Yeah. So I'm just going to sit back, travel, and just think about what I'm going to do next. And I'll let you know when I've decided. Oh, wonderful. Thank you. Have a glass of champagne for me. <laughs> Uh, Jeff, thank you so much for, thank you. for what you've shared. Please know that you're highly valued and, and the, the stories and the things that you've shared today are very special. Thank you very much. Thanks for having me, Stephen. It's been really nice talking to you. Just lovely. Now, obviously you are on Twitter. We know that. Uh, are there any other social accounts that you want to admit to? Yeah, look, uh, my main one is I, I do have a personal Facebook account, which I just use for administration. Mm. So if you, are, if you do type in Jeff Field and you get two, the one with me and Jason rainbow colored is is my private account which i just use to like and to um post up but if you want to actually follow me i have a public page just called jeff field yes and there's a picture of me and jeff fennick boxing together so that's you got to look out for that one (laughs) um and that's the one where we talk about current issues Mm. music gay rights I know that's a shock. Uh, <laughs> the media, you know, we we're even talking about the verdict this morning. We won't go there. But, um, uh, yeah, so if you want to come and pop onto my public page, you don't even have to like it, but just come and say hello. It's just Jeff Field. Yep. Yeah, you're Excellent. all welcome. This has been Humans of Twitter, and I can confirm that at Jeff Field is indeed human. <laughs>